Hello, everyone, and welcome to Midnight Ghost Stories. I'm your host, Latasha Molidor, and I will be sharing with you my personal ghost stories and stories I've heard from my family members, friends, and other sources. I hope you enjoy. Tonight on episode 25, you will hear about some paranormal experiences that include shadow figures, hearing voices when no one else is around, and the ghost of an old woman. As always, a huge thank you to everyone who shared your stories on this episode. It's always greatly appreciated. Stick around and let's jump right into some true scary stories. This first story can be found on the YouTube page, Real Ghost Stories, terrifying horror and creepy pasta stories told with chilling background music. I've subscribed and have been listening to his channel while I'm working, and they are really fun and creepy. Now this story that I'm about to read to you, I suggest you go subscribe to his YouTube channel and listen to him tell it himself after you hear it on this episode. The link will be posted in the show notes. I'm a nurse at a palliative care unit at an old hospital. I'm a nurse at a palliative care unit in an old hospital. If you're a nurse at one of these units like me or know a nurse, please read until the end. I could use your help. Throughout my years working in this hospital, I've seen a lot, especially being in a palliative care unit. You see a lot of things other people wish they wouldn't. For some of us, at some point, we just have to accept things as they are. The unit I work in has nine beds in nine different bedrooms, all spread along a long corridor. At the start of the corridor is the lift, and coming out of it, you'd find the cleaning room on your right, where we keep all the cleaning equipment and products, and the nurse's room on your left, along with the entrance through the stairs. Because of the building and patient safety, and so we can access the other floors easily if in need, the administration forbade us from locking the stair doors. This isn't ideal because some of our patients in their delusions can go across our room's door unnoticed and will be a danger to themselves. So we always keep the door closed by tying a bed sheet around the door handles to keep them together. This is important, so you know why what comes next started out so strange. The nurse's room is where we'll spend most of the night shifts doing all kinds of activities, including resting and actually sleeping. Usually, late at night, my routine would include checking on all our patients, checking on the doors and windows to make sure they are all locked properly, checking on the doors to the stairs, and then spend most of the night checking patient files. This night in particular, I had finished with my rounds and was checking on all the cameras. When my nursing auxiliary came to the nurse's room, she asked me if anything else was needed or if she was okay to sleep for a while. I told her she was fine to go to sleep. So she took her shoes off, laid down with her back to the room and me facing the wall and went to sleep. I was reading a new patient's file who was coming into our unit soon to know what to expect and how to behave around him. When I started hearing footsteps walking up and down the unit's corridor, At first, I ignored them, thinking I was just tired, 
and that my ears were playing tricks on me. It wouldn't be the first time. As they persisted though, I started wondering what was going on. I took another look at the cameras, but each and every one of the bedroom and corridor feeds seemed completely normal. The steps though, kept coming all the way to the nurse's room, stopping about two steps away from showing at my door, then turning around and walking back all the way to the opposite end of the corridor. I waited to see if anything changed, but when it didn't, I stood up to go check. That's when one of our patients, the one in room number seven, started calling us frantically. My auxiliary nurse was still asleep, so I walked carefully out of the room, peeked out of the room and looked around. There was nothing there, and the footsteps had stopped, so I rushed to the patient's room. When I got there, he was shouting frantically, huddling against the bed's headboard with what seemed like renewed energy, shouting at me to tell the man in the top hat sitting on the chair in the room to go away and leave him be. Usually, with patients like these in this state of stress, we just go along with their delusions to calm them down. If there are nurses watching, which I hope you are, you'll know what I mean. In this case, with him screaming in the room, I turned towards the chair and started talking to this imaginary man in a top hat, telling him he needed to go, that the visiting hours were done and that he needed to leave right now or we'd have to call security. After this, the patient calmed down, thanked me effusively for sending the man away and laid back down to rest. I went back to the nurse's room and back to studying the new patient. As I walked back in, my heart stopped. All I felt was panic gripping my heart inside me. As I stood there, not knowing what to do and looking at the surveillance cameras, there was a big shadow standing right in the middle of the frame of the camera recording the end of the corridor right in front of the bedroom I had just been in. I took one step back and leaned backward to check if I could see anything there, and there was nothing. I gave the cameras another quick glance and the shadow was still there, standing terrifyingly still in front of this patient's bedroom door. This time though, when I turned to look directly at the corridor again, this thing was there. For a moment, it felt like everything froze in place and I just stood there, looking at it like a fool. Then slowly, it turned towards me, a pair of strange, dark red eyes showing. It stood like that for a bit, screeched at me and flew into the patient's bedroom, slamming the door behind it. My auxiliary nurse jumped awake at the slam of the door and started frantically asking me what was going on. I was out of breath by now, but I told her what I had just seen and what had just happened and she couldn't believe me. I asked her to come with me to the patient's bedroom and she agreed, starting to become curious. We walked slowly through the corridor, passing every door carefully. I was afraid that anything would come flying at us. When we got to the bedroom this thing flew into, I pushed the door without going in to check for any kind of danger and immediately felt a breath of freezing air hit me in the face. The air conditioning was on in every room and set to 23 degrees. So this was not normal. Nothing came flying at us like I was afraid would happen. But there, right by the patient's bed, there was a shadow. I could tell it was a man, tall and strong with a top hat over his head. I asked my auxiliary nurse if she could see him, not expecting a no. However, that's what I got. She couldn't see anything standing there, and definitely not as clear as I could. Slowly, the shadow turned towards me again. This time, it didn't scream. This time, it slowly dissipated, 
immediately I calmed down. Not only could I not see it anymore, I also couldn't feel it. The sense of calm came over me and the patient seemed okay. So we left the room and went back to the nurse's room. My colleague went back to sleep, but I didn't rest until I checked the rest of the unit to make sure everyone was safe. After that, I couldn't help but stare at the camera every minute for the rest of the night. Eventually, our shift was over and would become the shift with the most intense experience I ever had. The next day when nighttime came and I did all my rounds, I went inside room seven to check on the patient. When I came closer to him, I realized he had passed away. This was my first experience with the shadow man in the top hat, but it wasn't the last and it's still ongoing. I'm the only one who can see him around the unit, which freaks everyone out. Every single time I see him, it's under the same circumstances. I walk into a patient's room and there's his shadow at the foot of their bed. I wait for a little while until he turns to me and dissipates. One or two days later, the patient passes away. This is a real story and it's something I have to live with almost every day now. I'm not sure if this thing is killing people or announcing their deaths, but if you are a nurse in a similar unit or know someone who is, please share this with them and comment what you may know about it. I need to know what this is, how to deal with it, and if anyone else has experienced the same as me, even if it's a different looking entity. I can keep you updated if people are engaging and wanna know more. Let me know if you want any updates and I'll make sure to bring them. If you're dealing with something like this yourself, know that you're not the only one. Maybe this will help you feel less afraid. It was crawling in the hallway, then it stood up. I figured I'd share some of my experiences to see if anyone had anything similar happen to them. I'm a 35 year old male and currently live in Phoenix, Arizona. I'll try to make this brief and go over a few of my experiences. The first time I can remember anything like this happening to me, I was probably around 15. My family was in the process of moving into a new apartment. Not much was left in our old place besides the essentials, my bed and television. I had decided to stay the night by myself so I could watch the basketball game. Everything that night seemed the same as it always had. I remember watching the game and opening one of those family-sized Dorito bags. I set the bag down after I ate a few chips and a few moments later, the bag flew halfway across my room. I picked the bag up and went back to watching the game. I didn't think much of it that night. Maybe I didn't want to think about it at all. At our new apartment, the only thing strange I remember seeing would be out of the corner of my eyes. My dad had a big bright fish tank. I would routinely see the light being completely blocked by something walking in front of it. It would happen while I was in the kitchen doing dishes and also while I was in my bedroom playing Xbox. One other thing happened to me that I can't explain. I got real lightheaded one time and my dad laid me on the couch in the living room. All I could see was white. I heard, we are all around you. It scared the living crap out of me and I just remember thinking I'm too young to die. Fast forward about six years. I had just met my future wife and after a few months of dating, I had decided to move in with her. We were laying in bed one afternoon, just hanging out. I heard a deep male voice directly in my ear tell me to get out. I looked at her trying to process what I just experienced. Did you just hear that? I asked. I heard something, but it wasn't loud enough to make out, she told me. 
We were less than a foot apart, and it was as if someone was yelling directly into my ear, but she couldn't hear what it had said. A few months later, she was driving me to work around 2 a.m. What she told me sent chills down my spine. She said she had woken up earlier in the night and something was talking to her. She couldn't understand what it was saying. It was a language she wasn't familiar with. The thought of something I couldn't see that close to where I was sleeping was very unsettling. About a year later, we had moved into a new home. I awoke in the night to a shadow figure standing above me. I reached out to grab what I perceived to be an intruder and it took a step back and disappeared. I never went back to sleep that night. On another occasion, I was alone in the house on my tablet one evening. I was laying in bed with my bedroom door open. I heard footsteps in the hall coming towards my bedroom. There were two problems with that. The first being, I didn't believe anyone else was in the house. And the second was, I should have heard the footsteps long before I did. They started halfway down my hallway. I watched the door and a few moments later, a tall shadow figure passed by. I got up again thinking there was someone in my house that shouldn't be. Both rooms outside my room had their doors closed and there was nowhere else to go. I opened the bathroom door and it was empty. Opened the door to my spare bedroom and it was empty. Six years later and I find myself in a new house with a new experience. It was late one night, probably around 11 p.m. My wife was asleep in our bedroom and I was sitting on a bed in our spare bedroom with the door open. From where I was sitting, I could see down our hallway. It was dark, but not pitch black. As I sat there scrolling on my phone, something out of the corner of my eye caught my attention. I looked into the hallway and it was empty. I went back to whatever I was doing on my phone. A few moments later, I find myself seeing the same thing. I look and nothing's there. So now I'm back to my phone, but this time, I'm trying to focus out of the corner of my eye and figure out what's going on. I see something crawling in my hallway. It's about 10 feet away from where I'm sitting. I look and nothing. I go back to my phone, still trying to view it from my peripheral. Now I see it stand up. It's a woman wearing a white dress. It's walking in a circle and I'm trying to proceed what's happening. It sprints at my door and just as it gets there, I hit the bedroom lights and it's gone. Now I'm sitting there wondering if I just imagined it. The hair on the back of my neck is standing up and my heart is beating out of my chest. Are you a fan of true crime? If so, come and join me as I discuss true crime cases involving murder and survivor stories. I'm Latasha, the host of In the Eyes of True Crime. And on this podcast, I want to share some of my favorite cases that I have found interesting over the years. If there are any cases you want to hear, just send them my way. Let's talk about it. The Old Woman Back when I was 9 to 10 years old, I knew this pair of twins on my street who were my friends, Tyler mainly. Cody was his brother who we sometimes hung out with. They had no mom, no dad, and they lived with their grandma. They had an infant brother who she also took care of. They were cool. 
played with the little green army men, shot wasps out of the air with BB guns together, and knocked over small trees in the woods just to watch them fall. We were some shitheads. I realized their car was gone a few months later, and I hadn't seen them come to the bus stop at the end of our dead-end street. I figured they must have moved. Only a month or so later did I find out that their grandma passed away with their infant brother in a car accident caused by a drunk driver who survived the incident. This is when I realized what I had experienced. During the time they had been put into foster care, their grandmother had been dead for a few months. I didn't know this at the time. I went to my friend Nicholas's birthday party at a water park. I was the only friend he invited. His mom and dad loved me, but since they were military, they eventually moved away and I never saw him again. It would have been the last day I would have seen anyone again if it weren't for her. I took multiple slides down repeatedly, even getting embarrassed because some older girls asked if I was stalking them because they had gone up the same slides repeatedly as well. I hadn't even realized it till they accused me. And of course I was ashamed, so I stopped going down the slides and got into the lazy pool. For those who don't know, a lazy pool is like a swimming pool with dividers which follow a path, lined at certain points with jets that push the water around creating artificial currents, allowing you to relax and freely float the circuit as you please. I had swam down making the mistake of doing it near the deep end where the circuit opened up into the adult pool, which was separated from the shallow kitty area by the jet pool, which was in the center. I decided to get a speed boost and shoot under everyone in the lazy pool to race through it. I was blasted down the underwater lane, shooting me into the deep end as I tumbled through the water clumsily, being a skinny, uncoordinated little boy. I began to drown. Alone in the deep end, adults on the edge of the pool with their feet in the water, and even a lifeguard nearby who completely ignored me despite showing signs of obvious distress. Anyone who saw me could see I was drowning, yet no one cared. I even got to the surface for a bit, screaming. I assumed the lifeguard thought I was pranking him because I remember him staring at me. I sank and sank. I ran out of air and as the course of drowning continued, water painfully filled my lungs, burning as the chlorinated water choked me to death. I gave up. I began to simply fall to the bottom of the pool. I had accepted my fate and decided this is it. I can't believe I made such a stupid mistake. I'm too tired so I'm gonna just give up since no one cares. I thought of my life as I sank. I had memories of Thanksgiving, primarily since it was the last holiday I participated in with my family. I saw images of my grandfather's face, my mom, my dad, my little brother, my dog, everyone I had ever known and loved. As my knees hit the bottom, I began to black out. Suddenly, I felt a pruny arm wrapping around my stomach and the rush of the water as I was pulled towards the surface. I reached the top and sputtered water, spitting and spewing only for the lifeguard to tell me, hey, you can't spit in the water, kid, after just allowing me to nearly die. Horrible guy. But not my savior. She was an elderly woman, wearing a pink polka-dotted swimsuit with yellow dots, and had pitch black opaque sunglasses on. She was holding an infant propped up in her arm, the baby dressed in a blue and white swimwear onesie. She tells me better not do that again and laughed it off as I climbed onto the edge of the pool to catch my breath. I looked toward where she swam and realized I couldn't see her. It was Tyler and Cody's grandma. As the blood and oxygen returned to my brain, I realized who had just saved my life. 
She traded cookies and cakes with my mom and was a genuinely wonderful old lady. Everyone on the street missed her, so did I. The baby was the same little boy who passed away in the car crash with a poor old woman. She had the same face, same hair, same loose skin, and sounded identical. I never saw her after that, and this encounter has led me to be agnostic rather than atheist, as I'm still uncertain whether I was saved by a guardian angel. I think it just wasn't my time. Regardless, I'm glad she saved me. I have a child of my own, and my life is exponentially better than it was during my childhood. An added bonus to this story is that another teenage lifeguard was peering up at the bottom of a water slides tube, and my foot made contact with his jaw at about 40 to 50 miles per hour, which blew some of his teeth out. He said nothing, as it was clearly his fault, but I figure this could be part of the reason why the other lifeguard ignored my cries for help. Paranormal Janitorial Job Part 1 I'm a female from a small residential town in Canada, BC. My story is based around 2016-2017, not too sure on the months, but I know it was in the fall after around two weeks of working in the community school. Okay, for the first few paranormal experiences that happened to me, I was in the board office, and that's like a minute walk from the back of the school. I know I was in the board office alone because I always check to see if there's someone staying late. So after I checked around to make sure not to scare anyone, I went downstairs where there's a meeting room that was used for storage, open space for shelves to store files and whatnot, and plus the washroom in the back corner. So I usually clean the washroom first before I go back up to clean the offices upstairs. I clean the washroom, grab the garbage, and then as I was leaving the washroom, I heard some lady I didn't recognize say, you effing bee, to the right side of me. I had my wired headphones hanging off my ear to just hear my music. I looked over my shoulder to see no one standing in the dark corner. I swear my heart almost dropped when I saw no one there, then booked it back up the stairs and calmed myself down. Went back to cleaning, but as I was walking around, I looked out the window to see if there might have been someone outside but no one was around. Another time I went up to clean the board office, it was sometime in October, so it was getting dark out earlier. I cleaned out the offices before I went down to the washroom downstairs. After I cleaned the washroom, I swept all the floors down there. As I was sweeping, I heard footsteps on the outside stairs. I always lock the door when I'm in the board office. Then I heard the door unlock, the door opened and then closed again. So I kind of yelled up to let whoever came inside know I was in there cleaning and apologized if I scared them. But nothing. No other footsteps, no response back. Thinking, okay, maybe they didn't hear me. So I repeated myself. I walked up saying hello. Nothing. Went to the front door to see if anyone was there. No one. But I did see the door unlocked when I knew I had locked it behind me. So I said, the hell with it, grabbing all the garbage in the hallway where I left them. I looked up towards the back offices and one of the doors slammed shut. I ran out, locked it behind me and went back to the school shaking so bad I had a panic attack. Don't worry, I called someone to go and check the board office and they helped me calm down. To be continued? Paranormal Janitorial Job Part Two. Continuing off my last story, this part will be in the actual school. 
Just a reminder, this is a small community school in the small residential town in Canada, BC. Here's the idea of the layout. So I work in the left wing of the community school and there is a teacher's office next to a few classrooms, storage room, also a door that leads downstairs to a furnace room, plus more storage rooms. There are stairs that go down, then turns to the left, and then there are three doors. I take my dinner break in the teacher's office. There is a table next to the door in that office. So I was on my dinner break, sitting at the table on the side of the doorway. I was eating and watching something on YouTube. I honestly can't remember what I was watching, but I do know it wasn't too loud. All of a sudden, I heard a few soft knocks on a door in the hallway, so I paused the video and looked out the doorway to see if there was someone there that needed me for something. But no one was there. So I sat there listening to see if it happened again for about a minute. Then as I go to unpause the video, I heard scratching on the door right across the hallway from the office. So I got up to walk over to the furnace room door, holding onto my phone in case I had to call my manager. As I got close, I said, hello, you shouldn't be in there. Grabbed the doorknob to open it, but it was locked. It sounded like someone or something was moving around on the other side. So I started calling my manager and as he picked up, there was a loud bang on the door. I jumped back as I kind of yelled into the phone telling him what I thought was going on. I heard movement right behind the door and it was in place, not going down the stairs. I tried to open the door again, yelling, you can't be in there. If you leave now, I won't call the cops. The door opened this time and nothing. The lights were off that whole time. I flicked them on, then looked down to see a shadow person's head leaning over from the corner, pull back to hide. It was so weird because the lights were so bright that I should have seen a face clearly, but just a black shape. I closed the door to wait for a few minutes for my manager to show up. I was shaking the whole time, thinking back on what just happened. The manager went down to check things out, and then he came back up to tell me there was no one down there, and everything was locked, plus nothing was broken. Another time on dinner break, one of my guy friends was covering for one of the other janitors. We were in the same office having our dinner. We were watching our own videos on our phones while eating and I had already told him what happened to me. He's not a big horror fan like I am. While sitting there eating, I heard a long scratch on a door. Couldn't tell where it came from, but I had a hunch where it was. I looked at him and asked, did you hear that? He nodded, looking so shocked. So I paused my video. I opened a spirit box app I had on my phone and started it. Yes, I was young and curious, wanting to find out whatever was there, I wanted it to tell us. After a few seconds, a few random words popped up. I don't remember all the words, but what stays with me to this day is angry, stares, and fire. We looked at each other, freaking out a little, but then we looked towards the door. As I stood up, the door opened slightly, so I told him to have the manager dialed in his phone just in case. I ran over to pull open the door, but I saw and heard nothing. The lights were on this time. My friend slowly walked over as I stepped through the door to look down. No one was there this time, but I heard footsteps running into one of the rooms down there. So I started to go down the stairs yelling, hey, you need to get out of here. Then I told my friend to call the manager. As I got to the corner, I saw one of the doors closing, slow closing doors. Before I could open it again, it was fully closed and locked. 
I yelled while knocking on the door. Hey, who's in there? You need to leave. I heard no movement for a bit while I tried to open the door. But then I heard a loud bang behind me from another door, like something was using both of their arms. I thought to myself, the hell with this. I started running back up the stairs, telling my friend to watch my back in case someone tried to come after me. As I got closer to him, he told me he saw the same thing I did before, but their arm was reaching out towards us. I stepped up onto the top stair, the lights went off thankfully, and my friend moved back into the hallway, so I ran out and closed the door and held it as our manager rushed toward us. We told him what happened, and then he checked things out, nothing was wrong, but this time, there were small, soft scratches on the furnace room door. That's it for this episode of Midnight Ghost Stories. If you have a story to share, please send an email to midnightghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. It will be read on the show or send in a voice recording to be played on an episode. Also, be sure to follow the podcast on Facebook at Midnight Ghost Stories and Instagram at Midnight Ghost Stories Podcast. Subscribe and download to keep up with each new episode and don't forget to rate and review the show. Tune in next time for another episode of True Creepy Ghost Stories.